HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's show is brought to you by Hearst Ranch Grass-Fed Beef, available on the internet at hearstranch.com. Listening to Let's Eat In on Heritage Radio Network. Good afternoon. It's uh, hot today. I'm your host, Kathy Arroy, by the way, and we're here at Roberta's in Brooklyn, and it's very hot this whole week and last week. And this weekend, especially, was very hot. And uh, if you're lucky enough and you're hanging around for the weekend, I know it's sort of a holiday ish week because Fourth of July is smack dab in the middle, but I think a lot of people got to run away. Um, if you didn't, then you. We're well served if you picked up a popsicle <laughs> made by one of my guests here. Um, Natalie Jordy is the one of the three co-founders of People's Pops. Thanks for coming on. Thanks a lot for having me, Kathy. So you guys founded in 2008 People's Pops. That's the right. The three of you guys. Um, and it was the first year that um, Brooklyn Flea was started in on Vanderbilt Ave or like in, in, in Fort Greene. And so they're one of the original, uh, I guess, food stands at this uh, pop-up sort of location every every weekend. But since then, they have opened a brick-and-mortar shop in Park Slope. They have four locations that are all summer long, um, including, uh, where's that? Uh, We've got one in Chelsea, Chelsea Market, yeah. uh, one on the High Line right above Chelsea Market, and uh, a little cabana in the East Village on First Avenue and 7th Street. And so those are open pretty much every day? Those are open every day from uh, May to October. So you can get your popsicles, a lot of those, a lot of places in New York, not just Brooklyn now. And also, they just recently came out with a cookbook called People's Pops. 55 recipes for ice pop, shave ice, and boozy pops from Brooklyn's coolest pop shop. <laughs> And I, I think that makes it um, the adult popsicle, would you say? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, we try very hard to come up with flavors that we would want to eat ourselves because they're interesting and delicious, but that also would appeal to children as well. I mean, ice pops have such a, a nostalgic element to them because even adults remember as children um, that 
wonderful summer memory of just set, even if it's something as simple as just freezing orange juice in an ice cube tray or in a Dixie cup I or love something. Doing that. Yeah, yeah, we all grew up with that. And so, you know, what we do is kind of an updated take on that, but we want to keep it fun and appeal to people of all ages. And also use really local ingredients. So I don't see orange juice in here. No, in your pops no, much. we yeah. don't use orange juice. Um, we just use fruit that grows locally. Uh, we started out doing all of our shopping at the green market. Uh, now that we are buying in larger quantities, we have the fruit delivered direct- directly to our production facility in Brooklyn. Um, and But we're still using you know, 100% local fruit. Like the peach and jalapeno popsicles that were out and about last weekend. Man, those had quite a, a kick. Quite a kick to them, yeah. that's right. After, yeah. after you've slurped down the first bite, you're like, wow, that was so peachy and fresh and delicious. And you're like, ouch! Pow! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah there's, a, there's an amazing Mexican tradition of paletas um, that are often spicy. You see that in India as well, um, or salty. We don't delve into that too much because of the fruits that are available to us. You know, Mexican paletas might be made with mango or papaya or tamarind or... And what's the spicy element in there? Oh, like chili. Yeah, Mm -hmm. more peppers, things like that. Yeah. So because since we're only using local fruit, we deal with more temperate fruits like peaches and plums and apricots and strawberries and things like that. So it's pretty rare that we go salty or spicy but occasionally we do like with the peach jalapeno mm-hmm. and i love how each popsicle is really chunky like you get those chunks of of actual fruit in there you get bits of herbs mm-hmm. um you guys use herbs in like a lot of things too quite a few yeah. yeah yeah i mean that that started when just you know looking for inspiration at the green market and you know walk walking through the green market and seeing chamomile or mint or tarragon and thinking hmm like would this go well with watermelon or or uh, rhubarb or whatever. Mm-hmm. No, that's definitely fun. It's kind of like making a cocktail. Yeah, we, we get it. a lot of our inspiration from, you know, fancy cocktails around town. Um, shiso, plum and shiso is a combination we first saw in a cocktail. And then also from desserts at good restaurants around town as well. We'll see, you know, people pairing fruits with a certain herb and think, hmm, you know, because in the summer we basically eat, sleep and breathe ice pops. So we're just <laughs> always thinking of ways that we can apply uh, different flavor combinations. You don't to even need pops. an air conditioner. You just have a room full of ice pops. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. That, welcome to my life. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds great. So, so why popsicles? So, um, whose idea was it? Was it yours? Well, um, the 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 idea started um, with my friend Robert Lavalva, who founded the New Amsterdam Market uh, back in 2008. When he was trying to get it going, he would occasionally put on a one day market to right. sort of publicize how the market might be if it became a regular thing. It is now a regular thing on Sundays at the South Street Seaport. And uh, <clears throat> I had worked in you know restaurants, waitress, and things like that around New York. I knew Robert, and he offered me a stand at one of these. Uh, markets that he was putting on and I thought it sounded fun he just said yeah I'll, you know I'll give you stand just sell whatever use local ingredients and so I got together with um, Dave who is my high school prom date who was my high school prom date <laughs> and is now my business partner um, we've known each other since we were about 10 years old and Joel my other business partner who at the time was Dave's first Craigslist roommate in New York City <laughs> And a couple of other friends, we used the kitchen of a restaurant that I had worked at that had just closed. It was the tasting room. And uh, the chef still had the kitchen, even though the restaurant wasn't operating anymore. So we bought a bunch of fruit at the green market, uh, you know, on the first day. We 
made a couple hundred pops in the kitchen of the basement kitchen of the tasting room on the next day and we showed up to the new amsterdam market on the third day and they sold in like two seconds people Mm -hmm. freaked out they loved it and uh so we were thrilled um and that was right around the time when the brooklyn flea was starting up you know i guess dave and joel saw flyer for it or something like that and so they showed up a couple times you know and it just kind of had this traction it just kept um developing people would come back they loved them and uh so over that winter we decided to incorporate as a business we formed an llc we found a kitchen we could rent by the hour and the following summer we did it pretty regularly every saturday every sunday we still had other other jobs of course and just got serious about it and then in 2010 we quit our jobs and just went full time with it. And uh, we just celebrated our fourth birthday. This is our fifth season now. So we have those four stores. We do quite a lot of uh, catering, wholesale, things like that. Markets. We still we still go to the Brooklyn Flea every weekend and the yeah. New Amsterdam Market every weekend. Congratulations. That's an amazing story. Um, and meanwhile, like four years later, this is like the de facto way to start a food business, yeah. it seems, in Brooklyn. Yeah. is to moonlight in some restaurant, have a cool idea and sell it on the street or some uh, fair or some sort. Well, the market is the ultimate judge, right? That's how yes, you know whether your exactly. product is going to sink or float is do people like it? Do they want it? Do they come back for it? Do they want more? And is it unique? Is it something you can't get? Because uh, f- frozen ice pops, I'm having flashbacks to those neon things that you squirt out of a tube that are not <laughs> good at all. They taste mm-hmm. actually like like uh, gasoline. They taste mm-hmm. something. something is wrong terribly wrong in those things <laughs> and they're neon and you know kids just want something cold and icy and fruity um but this is you know 10 times better and and adults can appreciate well that was you know back to the genesis of the original idea we just thought everybody loves ice pops they're just these super refreshing summery things that and you can i mean if you're hot you want one you know it'll mm-hmm. totally refresh you um, so we just figured if you if you pumped it full of fruit instead of high fructose corn syrup and colorings and gums and stabilizers, it had to be good. You know, yeah. we didn't we didn't even consider that it might not be. Um, <laughs> and they are. I mean, honestly, if you're using high quality fruit, you just cannot go wrong. It's going to end up delicious. And you know, we have a lot of great ice creams uh, in this town, but this is definitely how many calories are are in one year? Do you know that? Or? You know, it's funny. We we just started selling wholesale uh, okay. pops in three flavors in these beautiful boxes we just got designed. Um, I'll show you a picture later. Are they going to be in stores? Like they in the are. Freezer yeah, section? they just started being in stores. Wow. You can get them at six branches of Organic Avenue. You can get them at a couple of different Whole Foods around town. You can get them at. Um, uh, let's see. You can get them at the Museum Precious. of Sex in Midtown, what? oddly. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I mean, the full list is on our website. But uh, So we got nutritional analysis done on the three flavors that we chose for wholesale, which are strawberry rhubarb, raspberry basil, and Concord grape. And mm. um, they the, they range in calories from 80 to 110. That's it? That's it. That's it. That's awesome. I mean, the only thing in these pops is locally grown fruit, organic cane sugar, water, and like maybe an herb, like in the case right, right. of raspberry basil yeah. or watermelon mint or whatever. 
That's must it. not be that much sugar too. It's just sweet fruit. Yeah, we just I mean the amount of sugar depends on the natural the, sweetness of the fruit. Yeah. So we just make a simple syrup. We might infuse that simple syrup with an herb, like in the case of the raspberry basil. Um, and but in the case of, for example, strawberry rhubarb, it's just plain simple syrup, and we just adjust it to taste. We don't even really follow recipes because every batch of fruit is different; it has a different right, level right. of sweetness. So well, we just now, tailor it. Now we can follow your recipes with this nice, beautiful cookbook. Just yeah. came out. Ten Speed Press. Do check it out. And why people's pops? Like the pops of the people. Mm-hmm. Well, um, you know they're made by people for people. We liked the vaguely revolutionary tinge mm-hmm. of just mm-hmm. like taking back uh, an industrial food product right. and 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 doing it right. Uh, and it was just the first thing we came up with. You know, I came up with it in a bar with a friend of mine. And uh, and it stuck. We actually were initially called ourselves the People's Popsicle, but then uh, we found out through a cease and desist letter from Unilever that they actually own the word Popsicle. What? So yeah, we changed everything to People's Pops, and uh, and so now instead of calling what we do Popsicles, we use the generic term, which is Ice Pops. Ice Pops. Yeah, that's okay to use. Mm-hmm. I did not know that. Yeah. What about fudgesicle? They must own that one too. Yeah, they do. Yeah. They do. But we don't really use chocolate, so I don't. I don't like fudgesicles anyway. Yeah, they're chewy, huh? They're just they're just icy and weird. Um, so anyway, um, so what is your favorite popsicle flavor that you guys have ever made? Maybe oh, are going man. to make or going to release soon? Have in the works. Well, I just saw Joel of? in the kitchen this morning with a bunch of uh, lavender, which make delicious, I don't know, I mean, it's easy to go overboard with lavender, you gotta be careful or else it ends up tasting like potpourri, but apricot lavender is a flavor I really love that just kind of screams the summer to me. Good. Yeah, the recipe for that pop is in the book. Plum yogurt and tarragon I love, raspberry basil is just a classic, it's a bizarre combination, um... But but people really clamor for it, and uh, and it's it's wonderful. Those acidic fruits like uh, raspberry and blackberry make for really balanced pops. Because keep in mind that when you freeze something, it sort of alters the f- the flavor. Yeah. So, um, it so I like those really too. bold fruits. What's yeah. that? It mutes it too. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. So I I mean, there's there seems like nothing you haven't tried that's in season locally um, at some point in the year <laughs> in this area. There's cucumber and violet. Crazy, yeah. The uh, cucumber, elderflower, and tequila one is a personal favorite of mine. That's super, super refreshing. Fig jam and yogurt—that sounds yummy. How how do you get the? Oh, you make the you get fig jam purchased or homemade? I see. Yeah, you know, figs are one of those fruits that do grow in this area, but are not readily available. So we haven't used them very much. I see um, them growing on trees. Yeah, but you. Do, I've never. I mean, you do see them at the green market, but for like ten dollars a pint or something much, yeah. like that. Yeah. <laughs> So we have very limited experience with uh, with figs. Although you know, sometimes I th- just think about moving to California if just yeah. for the figs. Yeah, and corn. I see corn in one of your recipes as well. Yeah, well, you know, That's corn has an intrinsic sweetness that kind of lends it well to desserts. You know, you've probably had corn ice cream and things like that. So uh, we do a couple things with corn. We might combine it with cream uh, mm-hmm. for something that yeah. kind of resembles corn ice cream. Or we've done corn and blackberries. Another uh, savory pop we've done that involves vegetables is sort of like a Bloody Mary pop or a gazpacho pop. But for oh, the most part, pops, we definitely stick to f- sweet fruit pops those are my that's my favorite so that's that's what i like to make sounds pretty hard to beat anyway (laughs) thanks what's the biggest seller right now that you got 
Right now, um, blueberry and yellow peach was very popular this weekend. Um, raspberry and rose water is another one, a, a sleeper hit that I really like. Um, raspberry basil, always a solid. Strawberry rhubarb as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, we one of the things we really like to do is is mix it up with flavors that are that are pretty plain and simple, but just straightforward, like a straight up strawberry, for instance. Mm-hmm. And then go exotic as well. We try to have kind of a, a mix of things on the board. For example, you know, we sell a lot of our pops on the High Line, which um, of of which the people are a, a huge percent of them are foreigners, you know, tourists. Mm-hmm. And so we really like the idea of introducing people to new flavors. You know, we kind of joke about um, having introduced, you know, like a gazillion New York children to rhubarb because Aww. you know a lot of people don't know yeah. what rhubarb is, but it's a fruit we love and use a lot. Actually, it's a vegetable, Stock I guess, when it comes down to yeah. it. Yeah. So, yeah. Cool. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, right now is such a great time to make these popsicles, too. At the green markets, there's, like, blueberries, and now there's peach and, and all these things. So you should, guys out there should definitely grab one of these books and go crazy with it. And It's really it. easy. For, it's for really easy. Mm-hmm. You just, you get your fruit. Some fruit needs to be cooked. Some fruit doesn't need to be cooked. Like, for example, rhubarb does need to be cooked, but yeah. raspberries you don't have to cook. Mm-hmm. You just puree it. We like to leave the chunks in. We, you know, raspberries, we would leave the seeds in, even though you could strain them out. Peaches, we would leave the skins in, you know, pureed, but you could, you could, I guess, strain those out as well. And then just sweeten it with a simple syrup, either infused or plain. Just mix it till it tastes right. Pour it into your molds. Pop a stick in it. Freeze it. Unmold it. And you're done. It's that simple, huh? Yeah. Yeah, it really is. Very cool. Um, let's cut to a quick little musical interlude, and we'll be back chatting with Natalie Jordan, Jordy uh, of People's Pops.
ranch grass-fed beef. Pasture raised on 150,000 acres in Central California. Hearst Ranch grass-fed beef, free-range, sustainably produced, humane. Hearst Ranch grass-fed beef, the authentic flavor of the American West. We're back with Let's Eat In. Today's guest is Natalie Jordy of People's Pops. I'm your host, Kathy Airway, and um, that was a lovely little jingle. I can, what about a popsicle jingle? I can see this being really fun. <laughs> it should. You don't want to hear me sing, though. <laughs> I'm sure it's not that bad. So, um, just cu- uh, changing the topic a little bit. Um, I know you are engaged to be married soon. That's right. December. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, so I asked everyone on the show this question, but what would be the ultimate date meal for you in the world? Wow. Well, my fiance is a really good cook. So ideally I would get to sit back with the cocktail mm-hmm. and <laughs> he would do all the work. <laughs> okay. Um, I, uh, I have a lot of good things to say about his vinaigrettes. We don't eat, you know, I spent a lot of the year in New Orleans. We don't eat that many fresh salads down there, which is partially, uh, there's lots of good fresh salads down there. I just happen to to like the butter and cream covered stuff. So <laughs> maybe a nice salad and some boiled crabs and um, some delicious and very strong cocktails and definitely something sweet. Maybe even a popsicle. Maybe a popsicle <laughs> to finish it off. That sounds yeah. like a good one. So boiled crabs. Sure. Just like like a big crab boil style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Down there they Solid. just they uh they salt the pot and they spice spice the water, spice the water. with some with I don't even know what's in there, Cajun spices, I guess. And uh and yeah, boil the blue crabs. You just spread out a piece of newspaper and <laughs> Crush and you it crack up. it together. Mm-hmm. That's really That's good. Fun. That yeah. sounds fun. It sounds like you've had experience with this, too. Oh, my God. Meals. I love yeah. crabs. Absolutely. <laughs> that sounds like a good one. Mm. I miss those. Uh, what do you, what's your answer to that question? Oh, it's always changing. I don't know. I really don't know. Um, I couldn't tell you <laughs> right now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Maybe one day I'll come up with it. Uh, but no, but a lot of people have like just really homey comfort food favorites, simple food, like mm-hmm. spaghetti and stuff like that. So and I'm, I'm, I don't really know what exactly mine would be, but sort of along those lines, probably noodle soups, probably. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, so yeah, crab popsicle doesn't sound like a good idea, but <laughs> to finish it off with. No, we haven't gone down that route yet. Although the spicy seasoning is something to think about, actually. Yeah, sure. I want to try something mm-hmm. like that. So so you're a sort of a half Brooklyn, New Orleans expat right now. Bayou Coastal is what I call it. Are you looking to bring people's pops elsewhere than New York? You know, we've definitely thought about that. Um, we may do it someday, but at the moment, we think there's a lot of room to grow in New York. And frankly, it's so much work to just keep up with that, that mm-hmm. we're focused on that right now. Yeah, and you still produce out of Brooklyn. Where's your facility? Well, you know, we just moved into the um, Pfizer building, mm. which you may have heard about. It's the old Pfizer pharmaceutical factory that's been there for like 150 years. And Pfizer moved out in 2009. And some uh, local developers bought the building and are turning it into a mixed-use space. So, like, on one floor, there's police training, and on another floor, they're building sets for movies. But there's actually quite a few um, 
artisan food production people in there as well. We're in there with Brooklyn Soda Works, Brooklyn Kombucha, One Lucky Duck, um, Downtown Cookies, Steve's Ice Cream. Um, I'm sure I'm forgetting a couple people, but it's it's pretty cool. You know, it's a huge building with loading docks and freight elevators. And so it's great for us to finally have our own space where we can stretch out. We built it out in the spring with walk-in freezers and That's packaging terrific. machines and stuff like that. Did you so, have to build it in the kitchen? Or yeah, was it, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we, we kind of had to start from scratch. But um, we've got a five-year lease. We're really happy to be there. And um yeah, it's sounds like great. a fun community. And absolutely, it's close to, absolutely. Well, it's in Williamsburg, so right. It's in South Williamsburg, and 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 we've gotten a lot out of just sharing ideas, and you know, potentially someday down the line, we we might even be able to share distribution or things like that. That sounds great. Mm-hmm. Cool. Mm-hmm. That's great. And, you know, the popsicles. Um, they, I guess, they require expensive and uh, energy uh, demanding refrigeration to to ship elsewhere. But once they're frozen, they totally are fine. They can't. Yeah, I mean, over time, especially since we don't use any preservatives, mm-hmm. you do. Tend- oh, you do. Okay. We no, we we don't use any preservatives. I mean, but so yeah. you can see like a little bit of freezer burn. So that's where packaging, you know, in an airtight package is important. We talk about that in the book. You know, make sure to put them in a Ziploc or whatever because the moisture in the pops will tend to migrate outwards and form these little ice crystals. But uh, it takes a while for that to happen. They do. They do tend to. You know, freezing is one of the best ways of preserving fruit, yeah, right? So if you totally. preserve it in a pop, uh, it has pretty long shelf life. I kind of like those ice crystals, though. Oh, well, there <laughs> you go. <laughs> when I ever have like a bunch of strawberries, I'll freeze them. Mm-hmm. And then a few months later, I won't even know what I'm looking at. It's just like mm-hmm. this ice yeah. uh, sculpture. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, it, it, you know, it, it does the trick, yeah. which is very necessary. So would you consider freezing um, or making these pops... Also, a way of preserving. Like absolutely, of absolutely. I mean, one of our rationales is that, you know, one of the ways we think we can help the local farmers is not only by you know providing a market for their like a value added product, you know, made out of their fruit, but yeah. also, you know, when fruit comes, it's like a wave. At first, there's nothing, 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 and then it, there's this huge upward swing, and then you have tons and tons <laughs> and tons, and then it, it drops off. Right. That's that's the the essence of a fruit season. And so what we do is we take that fruit at the peak of the season and preserve it so that it doesn't have to be composted or rots. You know, uh, when we can, we buy seconds, which is fruit that's maybe spent one day at the green market. Mm-hmm. That's and great. so um, so it might like not look as perfect as the stuff that people would want to buy and serve on top of a tart, mm-hmm. but it still tastes delicious. It's super ripe and we're going to puree it anyway. So that's so, a great way yeah. to use those Absolutely. at the market. You know, and we recommend leftovers. that if people want to go shopping at yeah. the farmer's market for fruit, ask the farmer if they have any seconds. You know, oftentimes they'll give it to you at a lower price. And I yeah. think that just um, maybe a few weeks ago happened with strawberries, too, mm-hmm. because I was walking by Union Square on a Saturday at like five and someone literally like almost like paid me to take these strawberries <laughs> off their hand. Like me and my friend, he's like, here, two of you. And he gave us like four pints. Wow, that's cool. Of them. Yeah. I was like, okay. Yeah, it's great. And I, I mean, made pies with them and they were awesome. It's perfect, right? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's one of those things where we're in kind of in the same category as canning or jamming or something in that we're taking fruit and just preserving it for the long haul. 
I think it's brilliant, and I think it's a great way to to help out that bumper crop. So, so what are we going to see a lot of next from people's pops? Like any any flavors or fruits that um, I know peaches just arrived. Yeah, and one thing I'm really excited about is the advent of melons because melons are not a fruit that we freeze. Sometimes, you know, because we start our season early, like in April or May, we, we're selling to the, pub, to the public before fruit has arrived. And so in those cases, we use fruit that we've frozen from the season before, and we mm-hmm. start out using frozen fruit. But, that's, but melons are not, we can't do that with melons. And so it's always really special for me when we you make that first batch of, yeah, mm-hmm. of like cantaloupe and tarragon or watermelon mint or, uh, you know, honeydew pop or something like that. So uh, I guess that'll probably come online around August that and, sounds great. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And those aren't cooked either. Those no. are just super, mm-hmm. just straight super up fresh and Absolutely. They're super melanie. refreshing. They're, they're kind of icy because of the water content in those in pops. Melons. You know, in those fruits is naturally higher. But uh, it's just perfect when you're sweating your butt off. Like, yeah. There's nothing like a watermelon <laughs> pop. That sounds perfect to me. So um, are you guys, uh, you know, touring or anything for this book or, or basically touring in, in the millions of locations that you are and no we're not touring we we're just up to our necks in ice pops Mm -hmm. um the book was a really fun project and we've gotten lots of emails from people who are making pops at home who have questions i actually got one email a couple days ago from a person who was like hey can i put your mixture in my um cuisinart like ice cream maker and make sorbet and i was like you know i have no idea i've i've never done that before but Give it Brilliant. a shot. Let us know how it goes. And she wrote back and said it was absolutely delicious. So, you know, we're, we're totally <laughs> learning things. But so, yeah, no book tour. We're just here focused on making as many pops as we can. This is the absolute height of our season. And we have a short season, you know. I mean, yeah. we, we're only around when... I mean, I think wholesale is going to go all year round. But locations like the High Line and Chelsea Market and the East Village, uh, we're just there when it's hot, which is right. now. So we're just focused on that right now. Well, thanks for... for taking off from from one of your many posts to be here today <laughs> it's a pleasure i know you must be like on call like whenever somebody can't make it for some reason well we and, have a yeah. great crew this year um i don't know where we find them but it, they just come out of the woodwork and they're they've got such good attitudes it's a tough job it's hot out there where they're shaving ice there's the yeah. long lines and and uh oh, we got a great crew they're always super friendly excited they love the product we always have them come in and make make pops with us at least a couple times cool. so that they understand what goes into it. And um, yeah, they're great. It's way better than slaving over a hot grill. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you'd be surprised. It, keeping those pops cold actually generates a lot of heat. And, you know, we are cooking fruit a lot of the time. Oh, um, okay. You know, so we spend a fair amount of time sweating in the kitchen, too. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> we take breaks in the freezer to cool down. I'm still thinking <laughs> it's like a, an air conditioner built in with popsicles in your home. But. Oh, man, I wish. <laughs> Well, I can't wait to try um, all the new flavors coming out. Um, there's always so surprising, and it's, it's just so refreshing. And it's only 80 calories. I can't believe that. <laughs> so thank you so much, Natalie. This has been really fun. Check out People's Pops, the cookbook, just out from 10 Speed Press. And check them out today at one of their stands. That's right. Yeah, we'll be open July 4th on all locations in Chelsea Market, the High Line, Park Slope, and the East Village. And also look for the um, new wholesale boxes in stores Grab and bodegas all around town. For your barbecue. Cool. That's right. All right. Well, thanks, uh, Natalie. And thanks, everyone at Heritage Radio Network. We'll see you next week on Let's Eat In. Stay cool. <laughs> Oh,
Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our programs archived on our website or by searching iTunes for Heritage Radio Network. You can find us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us at info at HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a non-profit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website. Thanks for listening. Thank you.